is the Spurs Cast with your host, Paul Garcia. And welcome back to another episode of the Spurs Cast. On this week's episode, it's going to be a little bit different. So um, one of our Project Spurs staff members, Evan Townsend, if you all follow him on Twitter, um, he's, he's really big on the Twitter spaces. Now, I don't, I don't usually go on, the, on those Twitter spaces. Um, I, I like to just you know, usually work here on the Spurs cast. But Evan's really plugged in, and he likes to talk to, you know, to, to a lot of people there on the, um, on the Twitter spaces. Uh, and so it's just a, it's like an outlet that he likes to use. And so um, he did ask me to come on and be a guest. On his Twitter spaces, we actually used the Project Spurs one, but then there was some technical difficulties. So anyway, he had actually um, asked me a few questions um, uh, before, so I was able to prep and, and get some notes and get things ready to uh, discuss with him on that Twitter spaces. And he actually had some really good questions, especially about all different avenues of the salary cap uh, as it pertains to the Spurs with players and contract extensions, um, trade, hypothetical trades, uh, free agent signings, um, hypothetical, some of the Spurs-specific players, the draft coming up. So there's a lot of different avenues that he and I discussed in this, uh, in this uh, conversation. And so I thought it was really um, informative. And so, um, so that's what we're going to do is, is uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically here in a second, I'm going to let you all listen to that converse- conversation if you didn't have a chance to uh, and listen to our discussion where Evan asked me the questions and I kind of answer uh, regarding uh, some of this, some of the salary cap elements for the Spurs. So before we get into that, I do want to um, that conversation. We can listen to it. I do want to go into um, s- some specific topics that we discussed, uh, just to kind of give you a quick preview, and also some some more um, detailed information if I didn't discuss it in that conversation with Evan. So uh, one of our topics we discussed is that what the possible extension could look like for Devin Vassell if he and the Spurs agree to an extension. One note that I made that I didn't discuss with Colin Reed a few weeks ago when he and I broke down the new um, rules of the new CBA that's going to be coming into place on July first is that. Even if the Spurs don't sign Devin to an, a max extension, they can now offer him at least, uh, I mean, up to five years. So, so in the previous CBA, uh, a, a, a player on a rookie scale contract can only get up to up to um, four years if it, if it was if it was a, a, an amount lower than the max. Well, uh, now in this new CBA, the player can be offered up to a five-year extension, even if the salary is not going to be um, at, at the max level. So, that, so that, that's going to be one um, new bit of information that I haven't discussed here. The Spurs cast, and again, I'll go into more detail there in the conversation. Uh, with Evan. We also discussed uh, Trey Jones entering restricted free agency or a scenario where the Spurs could actually prevent him from going to, re- to restricted free agency by agreeing to an ex- a contract extension with Trey Jones before June 30th. So that's another kind of um, conversation that we, we discussed is, you know, there's a chance of Trey Jones going to, to, to restricted free agency or the Spurs, again, can't, can't, um, can't, can't agree with it. If he and the Spurs come to an agreement, they, uh, you know, he doesn't have to go to free agency. They could actually um, sign him to a new deal before uh, July 1st gets here. We also discussed um, exactly when the Spurs can start making trades. So there's two different timelines. There's the 20, the 2022-23 season, which is from now until June 30th, or there's the, the new timeline that begins uh, once the moratorium is lifted on July 6th. So, so I get into more uh, detail there on, on that question. Uh, we discussed um, Kelton Johnson's new extension kicking in in this in this coming season, where he's going to make 20 million in the first year of the new deal, and then it, and then it goes to like nine, um, what is it, 20 million for Kelton. And then 19 million and 24, 25, and then and then uh, 17.5 million and then 25, 26. So we'll discuss Kelton's new contract. Uh, also, some um, we're going to discuss some hypothetical trades and free agent signings that he, that uh, Evan, Evan um, asked me about. And then lastly, one note I wanted to make uh, mention is because uh, I don't know if we're going to if we're going to get to this part of the conversation is the uh, one, one element both Colin Reed and I found. We were reading some of the um, the key highlights from the new CBA agreement that, that he and I um, got from the NBA was that uh, there is. Even though they said that this new this new penalty, where basically teams that didn't meet the the, the salary cap minimum, they were going to be penalized, uh, you know, of, of not getting that, that that tax dis- distribution. Well, they said they would hold off, hold off one 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 year of the league. 
But there was one note in there that said that if you don't meet the salary, the, basically the salary floor in this coming season, you will uh, you will you will only get 50% of the tax distribution. So again, there's gonna that that means that there is a kind of like a penalty for a team that doesn't spend their cap space. And the reason why we bring this up with the Spurs is because in this current season, 22-23, they still have about 22.1 million dollars in cap space still sitting there, and they didn't quite meet that salary floor. So next season, if they do that same approach, then uh, they they can be penalized where they're only gonna get a 50% tax distribution, um, according to this new CBA that the NBA is going to release uh, on July 1st. And so again, I, I hope that you enjoy this conversation that Evan and I uh, discussed here on this um, on this latest episode of the Spurs Cast. Oh, super sorry for the wait. Super sorry for the wait. We've been trying to uh, <laughs> we've been trying to set this up for a good while now. Um, you've been with Project Spurs pretty much since the beginning. Um, you are the cap space guru, um, the guy that always comes with the stats, the analytics. Um, Holds everything you write on point every single time. You always count you. Um, it's been a long time since we talked, man. Uh, thank you again for, for taking the time to talk to us. Um, tell people more about yourself, how you got started, um, when you first joined Project Spurs, all that jazz. And then, uh, we'll Ooh, man. Yeah, so it's been a while, man. So, what's, what's this year? 20, what are we, 2023? So, I started covering the Spurs back in 2011. So, 12 years ago, <laughs> man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just started uh, blogging on the side, and uh, the great Michael DeLeon, who unfortunately passed away last year, uh, you know, found me on, uh, online, and then he kind of reached out to me, and then, you know, he got my foot in the door, you know, working with Project Spurs, and they're getting credentials, covered, covered the team for multiple years in San Antonio, and then I, I recently moved away from San Antonio this past, this past season, so, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm just covering from, from abroad now, from afar, but uh, still, you know, still, still keeping tabs on the team right now, I'm working on my cap sheets and things like that, and it's just a... Uh, it was a different season this past one just because they've always been competitive and this is the first season they were going for that full rebuild. And so that was definitely a different experience. You hear that, guys? He said full rebuild. First year. Just kidding. Paul, shout out to you. Uh, your work is, is so very appreciated. And uh, so thank you again, man. You, um, like you said, you're a busy guy. You went out to El Paso, correct? Yeah, I'll go out here in the mountains in El Paso, Texas. That's right. Sorry for that information. I'm sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> we are uh, going to go ahead and get started. Um, we will have questions at the end. This will be a very, very short space. I do have to wrap things up really like in around 20 minutes or so. Um, but yeah, we're just going to knock these questions out. Um, Paul, I DM'd you a good handful of them before we got started uh, a couple mm -hmm. days ago. Uh, so if you want to refer back to that list. Uh, the first things first, uh, you know, a lot of people forget um, your rookie needs to get extended if he wants to play for the team long term and if he wants to feel wanted and, and needed. And, uh, you know, that time has come for, for no other than Devin himself. Um, you know, you take the time to do all the research, uh, look at the most he can get, uh, the least he can get, when that date is, uh, when the deadline is packed. Uh, so tell the people when, you know, they could probably expect, um, you know, the star shooting guard. Um, what kind of bat he can be expecting, so on and so forth. Okay, so yes, uh, so when he can when he can be extended starts after the Warriors Forum, which is on July sixth, up until the first game of the regular season. So usually, you know, right mid, mid October. Now the Spurs usually wait until that October deadline to do this. They did that with Dejounte Murray, Derek White, the other players. However, we saw a reverse last year where Kelton actually got his um, extension very early in, in free agency in, in July. So. So I'm, I'm assuming since they, they're probably going to be heading down that route, it would probably happen pretty early in free agency, uh, sometime in July. 
Uh, now, how much can Vassell get uh, since he's on his rookie sale contract? He can get up to the max at 33.5 million, but you know he's not expected to get that that level of salary because he's not he's not quite an all-star kind of player or all-NBA level player just yet. So, uh, Bobby Marks of ESPN is, is a great um, person to, to refer to and, and look at his research. And so he says that Devin, a new deal for Devin can start in the 17 million dollar range. Now, again, that's just the starting point. I think that the Spurs would be comfortable in maybe Devin too, somewhere like in the 22 to like 25 million dollar range, because you want to try to lock him up now at one of those kind of salaries. Because next summer, if they don't get an extension, he could be an, uh, a restricted free agent with a max of 35.2 million in year one. Wow. So you mean to tell me that Devin Vassell, year four Devin Vassell, where people take their usual, I want to say all-star leaps, but when you, you start separating, okay, the trajectory from five, six points per game every single year in terms of growth, he's going to turn into a 24-point-per-game guy in some people's eyes. And that means that it's going to be an all-out dog, dog fight for him in free agency. I know it's restricted free agency. But yeah, the Spurs, you know, that window from, you said July 6th until the start, uh, start of the season, you, mm-hmm. you really need to lock that up. And then um, the, the contract is more than likely probably going to be, um, and just in my opinion, if, if they want to showcase, hey, we, we love how um, what you're doing, you're pretty, you're pretty much like a set, set piece in terms of uh, the Spurs rotation, whether if he's going to mm-hmm. be a starter for the long term, whether he's going to be a six man, oh, that may sound crazy. But literally, when it comes down to the Spurs actually competing, Wimby, year two, year three, you're, you're stacking up on multiple lottery picks on all, the, all these years. Uh, it's the next man up. And if he's going to be solidified in that Derek White, remember the Derek White contract, the DeJounte contract on that $17, $18 million tier, you really need to stamp him and, and, and put as much, much money in his pocket as soon as possible. Uh, the Kelvin Johnson uh, trade, uh, not trade, Kelvin Johnson contract, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, it goes down. It was 20 million, and it goes down to to, uh, to 18 and to 16. Correct, if I'm not mistaken. Over the over the next few, uh, few years. Yeah. So so 20 million this coming season, then it goes down to 19 and 24, 25, and 17.5. And let me throw one more thing in. Uh, why the Spurs are getting lucky if they can get an, an extension with Devin locked up right now, because with this new CBA that's going to get that's going to get ratified once it officially goes through, uh, there's actually they will actually go to offer him a five-year uh, five-year uh, extension. Whereas in the previous CBA, you could only get a five-year extension if you were going to get a max. Now, they don't have to give them a max salary. They can actually give them those five years, and it doesn't have to be at the max with this new um, change in the CBA. That change in the CBA kicks in when exactly? Uh, whenever they officially so, – so it's been ratified, and the NBA has um, – I don't know. I don't really know if the exact exact date, exact date. They're going to have it done, though, before July 1st, because the NBA has officially put out their statement uh, of, the, of, the, of the key points. Uh, I would say though it's going to be uh, before before probably the draft they'll have it ready. Perfect. Um, next up on the itinerary for this is going to it's going to rub a lot of feathers. <laughs> and the, if you, if you want to request, feel free to request at the very end. But we have to talk about Trey Jones. Uh, Trey mm-hmm. Jones is split right down the middle. Fans love him. Fans hate him. Um, just from not just from not having an outside shot. Just from not really, literally willing to take a mid-range pull-up until literally the last 10 games of the season. Uh, Trey Jones is a perfect backup on a contender team. He's a starter on the worst <laughs> on, the, on the worst team in the NBA. Lot of, hey, keep, yeah, keep some thumbs down. Keep some thumbs down. It's okay, guys. All right, I love you guys. 
So when it comes down to Trey, he his restricted free agency bad and worse may surprise a lot of people. There are multiple suitors in terms of a lot of just the media guys I talk to around the league. A lot of people are saying that it may not be an all-out dogfight for for uh, is his is his work, but in, in all honesty, uh, Paul, you have to break down what's the most dispersed team offer Trey Jones and what's the least they can offer him. Knowing that he started uh, a certain amount of games, and I forgot what that is, but I know you do. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, the, the qualifying offer that they're going to they're going to make to him it will be before uh, June 30th. It's going to be 6.3 million because he did beat a start a starter uh, criteria, so that's actually increased a little bit. And so that's kind of like your baseline where if Brooks can, can tender him that qualifying offer, then they can basically let him go seek and he go get more from another team. Uh, and if not, you know, he can he can accept that qualifying offer and stay on Santa Turner for one season at that amount, six point three million, and then become an unrestricted free agent next season, or uh, he can try to find a deal. Now his range is a little bit tougher to project because, like you said, Evan, he, he, he'd be a, he'd be a good backup point guard on, 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 a, on a really good team. Whereas on this, you know, this rebuilding team like the Spurs, you know, it's fine that he gets the, the starter minutes for now. So I would say his projection would be somewhere in that like tax in the lead range, which is going to be five million to less than the non-tax MLE, which is 12.2 million. So I'd say like five to seven million is a pretty safe number, or if you got to go a little bit above that. Now, here's one thing. He may not even be, become a, a free agent. And the reason why is because the Spurs have until June 30th to sign him to an extension. They can sign him up to a four-year extension. The most they can give him in, in one year of that extension would be 15.1 million. Now, I'm not saying they're going to give him 15 million in this new extension, but I'm just saying if, if they, I think it's really going to have to deal with the draft and the lottery. If they know for sure, that they're missing out on, on um, that, that they're missing out on Wemby, and they're gonna they're gonna get Scoot Henderson. Well, then maybe not as aggressive as trying to bring Trey back. But if they get the number one pick and they know for sure they're gonna get Wemby, well then I think that maybe hey yeah let's try to lock up Trey before he even goes into free agency uh, there on July 1st. So I really think the lottery and the draft will have a lot to do with that. And again, as far as his value, where teams um, are looking at him again, I'd say five to like eight. Definitely not. So, so again, your baseline there is 12.2 million to be a non-tax MOE. Again, I don't think teams are going to give them that entire amount, but they could go a, a little bit below that. So, so that's why I say like five million to somewhere like that eight, nine million range. I, I don't really know where, where the cutoff is. Does Trey Jones say mm, eight, nine million? I'll take that. Minnesota heard Denver calling. Seems like the Clippers. Seems like Washington. There's going to be a lot of suitors for Trey Jones, and I get it. He's not, the, the fancy style of play, not that everyone loves, but that just sells tickets, that sells jerseys. In terms of being a table setter, that's not going to take the long shot. That's a good flow game. Okay defender, not the best. It's Trey Jones. I don't have the numbers from, from three of the last ten games. Apparently, they, they, they vastly increased his <laughs> but all I gotta say is, is Trey Jones starting level center for a contending team? No. Is he a starter level center for a team that is probably gonna be in the start of the NBA with Victor Wembanyama in their starting lineup? Yes. What's so wild to me, Paul, is that if you extend him, that four years is oof. You, man. Can, can, can the can the price go up over the years, or is it the four and it's the six all across for those four years? Yeah, well, there's a percentage of raises, so like I think it's like eight percent raises, something like that. There's yeah, each year can increase uh, in the extension where we start the baseline. So again, I think that the starting baseline is right there, like at six point three, because that's his qualifying offer, and then he's trying to kind of go from there. Gotcha. 
You know, we gotta we gotta move up in the trade down spot. I've never seen more thumbs up than more thumbs down. <laughs> and oh, I'm man. Admit, no, but, hey, hey, guys have their own opinion on on on, uh, on these guys, and I honestly cannot not be the one to change that. I've learned that the longer I'm, I can sweat, I can try, I can pull up all the stats, I can compare, I can give you all the options. Hey, it is all good. Love everyone in this chat. When it comes down to um, a lot of uh, potential moves this person can make, um, there's pretty much a halt on that. And uh, the next question I have for you, Paul, you refer to the list, is when the Spurs can actually make trades. When that, when is that? When is the start of? Uh, when is that start date? And uh, what's the? Uh, well, I'm just gonna wait on the next part of the question. It's gonna stir things up. Yeah. When is it? When does that start? Okay. Yeah, right. So they could technically start now with any team that's already been eliminated from the playoffs. Now that does that usually doesn't happen. Teams just wait till till the uh, till the playoffs are officially over or around lottery time and, and draft time. So again, it's rare that that would happen now. But again, they can't start negotiating with teams uh, if they need to uh, that are officially out of the playoffs. When when we still get deals get done though, is usually right around draft time or um, or, or, or right before uh, June 30th, which is when the, the current season expires. So so again, if, if they can make a move right now in this 22-23 season, and right now they do have 22.1 million dollars in cap space for this current season. So again, that that 22.1 million uh, it changes once once it gets to July 1st. So we actually saw something like this last year when they actually made the Dejounte. Murray uh, trade with uh, Doc Landale included. They actually did that in the previous season, it was, even though it was like July, it was like June 24th or something like that. So again, we might see them do that if they're going to make a trade around draft time. So again, that, that's like a normal thing to see. Now, uh, as far as other trades, then they, if they want to use the salaries that are, that are going to be involved for next season, the 23-24 season, those trades can't take place until after the moratorium lifts on July 6th. So again, there's kind of two different timelines that they can make trades. It'll be around draft time if we're going to use this season's salaries. Or, or um, after July 6th for next, using next season's salaries. We're going to skip the next subject and talk to you right into the ne uh, <laughs> next year's salaries, because that's the perfect leeway and bridge to that. Um, next year's salaries, so when, when you want to refer back to what I was talking about, is pretty much just bringing back, bringing back all the troops. Talking Marlo, I'm, I'm talking Mamu, <laughs> Don Barlow. That's, that's crazy, I said that. Uh, Mamu, Don Barlow, KBD, uh, Champagne, guys that literally exceed expectations close of the season, as you can get on cheap deals. Now, the problem is, the problem that we run into, Paul, is that a lot of these guys can't be on two-way contracts, correct? Uh, yeah, well, okay, so Barlow and Champagne can because they have a, um, a qualified offer to come back on two-way contracts because they've only played uh, one year. The other guys, yeah, most likely not. So... That factors into a lot when it comes down to the draft. You know, a lot of a lot of fans want the Spurs to move up. The assets of Devontae Graham, even Kelvin Johnson, we'll talk about him in a second. They can possibly, you know, maybe swing a one or two trades to, to open up a roster spot. But when it comes down to it, the question I have for you is, can the Spurs even afford to bring back everyone? I'm talking, like I said, KBD, Don Barlow, and then I have a free agent. Just thinking free agents that we, I'm just gonna, for, for recorded spaces with, that this is supposed to be a Project Spurs space, right? But it's for me, right? Any Project Spurs space, I will 100% make sure I have a good sided source to make sure I have whatever free agent I talk about, I have a source to go right with it. And that source and that, and that player is Delano Ben. Delano Ben has been stuck under the bridge 
under the Toronto 6-9 Braves for a good while, for a good two seasons now. The Nebraska guard as a point guard, a little taller, a little bit more swifter on his feet than a lot of people, his, his, uh, his height and, and, his, uh, and his frame, um, can move mask around $7 million. I threw in that number in there just so they can sign one person. Just so they can sign one person. And if they bring back Trey Jones, ugh, I don't like that. If they were to bring back Blake Wesley, not, not obviously just, you know, he's obviously resigned. You weren't gonna, you weren't gonna trade him, right? Delano Ben is that last, uh, he's not requiring minutes. He probably can be thrown into Austin a little bit for just, uh, just a little bit of retooling, just the NBA speed, earn his minutes, earn his sweat equity, as people like to sweat, as uh, people like to say, but people don't like to hear that. But, um, I, I threw that name out there just to add one person, one person. And then everyone else is brought back. I want you to tell what the difference is between that cap space now and the cap space uh, then. And this is what a month from now, two months from now. Um, Wimpy is on this team, so that is the number one pick. That is around ten million dollars, correct, Paul? If I'm mistaken. Yeah, uh, Wimpy's gonna be at. So let's just say he'll be. At, he'll be at. We're gonna tell him eleven point nine. Eleven point nine. Wow. Good CBA. Um, and then. I just wanted, I just want you to go over how much that is, how much that payroll is, because we had, we had a cap uh, floor we had to meet, and just bringing back everybody for the cheap deals, not swinging on the big name free agents that may or may not want to be in San Antonio. We, we take what we, what we can have. So do you want, you want to share what that number is? Yeah, so, okay, so I, I put the, the last two names that you had sent me, so this is saying uh, they have Trey Jones, Blake Wesley, uh, Banton. Uh, Vassell, Branham, Champagne on a two-way, Keldon, Doug. Um, is this the one you wanted me to talk about if they were going to make a high trade? Yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's just, say they, let's just say they got rid of um, Devontae Graham's contract along with those two second-round picks and they acquired the 20th pick. Uh, they still have Sohan. They're resending Kate of Bates, Josh, Mamu, uh, Dominic Barlow's on a two-way. You got Wemby, Zach Collins, and Charles Bassey. Okay, this scenario, uh, and, and at the rates that you, that you have sent me uh, that the players are signing for, they still have about $22.5 million in cap space. In this scenario, and so like in a lot of these scenarios that you send me, Evan, it's like hovering around 21 to like 27 million. In just different scenarios, again, we don't know exactly what Kata Bates shop would be signed for, what Mamba would sign for, uh, Trey Jones, and then even Banton. I, I wouldn't even think they would need to get you know, six or seven million. I think they can get him even here a little bit lower just because he's coming off minimum contract and doesn't look like, like it's a priority for Toronto to sign him, and he has a very low qualifying offer with the Raptors of like two million. So you mean to tell me? This was a trick question to everybody. I got all of y'all with a thumbs down. I tricked all of y'all, bomb side. I tricked all of y'all, theoretically. The Spurs have so much cap space. And if they want to make like the, the, the small steps towards towards making, not just a play-in, but just getting out the seller of the NBA, they have options. The options galore. They don't have to rush it. One. If Wimby comes to town, you can say, oh, man, mm. it's, not a, it's not a max contract, but it, you have a lot of money to mess with, and you could still trade Keldon Johnson. I want to go with multiple picks. All the picks can go up. So when it comes down to it, Paul, the last thing we can include with before we open the floor to everybody is trading Keldon Johnson, what that looks like. His new $20 million uh, contract kicks in, the, kicks in exactly when. Uh, so that new salary begins on July first. Once uh, once the new once the new CV, or the new season starts on July first. July first. My birthday is July second. Mm-hmm. I'll be twenty seven. If Keldon Johnson was traded before then, I don't know what I'm going to do, but we will figure it out. Anyways, Keldon Johnson. 
I love him. Love him to death. In terms of being the face of the franchise after the whole Primo debacle, right? Some people mm -hmm. should have brought that up. Anyways, Calvin Johnson has done no wrong in my eyes that he can handle. That he can handle. He is not the, the, the first option on any team. He's not the second option on any team. But what did he do? He consistently played and he consistently took 20 shots. Around 20 shots all season long. Really can't play defense. Inconsistent, inconsistent from three. When, when he's hot, he's 40, 48, 47% leading the league by five. Steph Curry, right before the, right before January last season. Unbelievable. And, and then the number of threes, second behind Steph Curry. Unbelievable. And then it's just, oh, Christmas, rodeo road trip. Oof. You forget he's 6'6. Six, six. You forget he can't. Def oh. And at the end of the day, he is the last clutch client on this roster. Now, I, all I did, all I did on that note that I sent you, Paul, was trading Kelvin Johnson and what that looks like. You broke down his contract already. In terms of the money the Spurs can soak in, do you think, do you think it's possible? This Twitter, this twiddling fingers here. I love everyone in the chat. All respect to anyone's point of view. Do you think it's possible? Calvin Johnson, Hicks, Devontae, and maybe another asset. I'm not, I don't want to throw in any names. Let's just say Blake Wesley. Right? Let's just say Blake Wesley. Do you think that can be enough to swing? Mm. This name has to be very. I have to be very careful with this name here. I have to be very careful with this name here. Mm. Mm. I can't say Jalen Brown. Aquan, <laughs> leave me alone, bro. We can't be tweeting like this. The, the, I'm not gonna say John Collins. Good heavens, bro. God, no, that shit is sale. But the type of player. This is the question. The type of player that falls into that category. That type of package would have to be not only a scrub, one, and or a prospect or a pick, because the Calvin Johnson plus somebody else that that plus Devontae, but that's another two years on top of that, who's not really a, an asset, he's not really a liability, it's just Devontae Grant for two years. You can put him on the bench if you want to, but you're going to pay for it, right? Some teams may have the money for that. Some teams like Charlotte may want to bring him back just for the culture, just for the vibes. But man, if you do, if you swing and miss on suitors, you are really stuck with another DeJounte Murray type of package, a Derek White type of package, a Thaddeus Young type of package. I just think it's impossible to swing for a max level type of guy. That's all I got to say. Paul, do you think it's possible? You're the cap guy. You could say they could take on $40 million. I can tweet that and then everyone's going to say, we're getting honest. What do you, how much money can we take on? And we're going to wrap things up and get to questions. Okay, so let me actually plug these in real quick. This is the scenario that you're talking about here. Um, okay, so so let's just say that they're – so let me see here. One second. Uh, trade. So, so the, are we seeing like the bringing Trey Jones back and Mom and all these guys, or what are we saying here? Uh, yes, that, that's, a, that's a good scenario. Okay, I'll just keep Trey's number in there. I'll keep you to the Gorgie. Uh, let's see. Let's put Kato, let's just say five million just because it counts. Or it doesn't count, it doesn't count, it doesn't count. 
trading Keldon. So right now, um, we're trading Keldon. Let's just say uh, we're trading Devontae Graham. All right. So they're at 56. I mean, let me just, before I say that number, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So that's 12. Yeah, that's 12 players. Okay. So right there, they're at 56.5 million. And again, this is, it, it's a lot of money because you, you can cover any kind of max play. You can cover from, from the low, low end max players, a, a young player, should I say, zero to six years, like 73.5 million is their max, or a 10 year plus bet, 46.9 million. But again, the hard thing about this is you're having to find that team that's acquiring Kelly and Devontae, or those multiple teams that are acquiring those two players. And then, you know, and, and exactly like you said, you know, who are they getting back and what is that player's salary? So that's going to take some of it. I, I just, I would just say, they're flexible for trades just because they already have open cap space before even making trades. And then if they trade players with big salaries like Kelvin, like Devontae Graham, that just makes it even more flexible for them. It's just insane to think that at one point, one point, Dejounte, Dejounte Murray had enough leverage to speak. Oh, coach, go get for an office, Go get Zach Levine. Go get my Seattle brother. You know what? Let's just trade for DeAndre Hayden. He's unhappy. We would have been capped out. Capped out. And if we didn't pull that trigger, and if we didn't appease to our mm, replacement all-star, uh, defensive liability, Atlanta, now, it's crazy. Here's other words. We will be stuck. But now, we are the worst team in the NBA without a first option solidified. We are banking to the lottery gods. And we will have the most cap space in the league, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up. Give it up. For Brian Wright, give it up. Give it up. Love to see it. Love to see it. Now, at the top of my head, I think that this is a good way to wrap this up. Unless anybody wants to, to come up and say their piece. Um, when it comes down to these spaces, guys, um, this is all just informative. There's a lot of narratives that get pushed with, with that aren't even applicable. You can't even live. Oh, we got one, two. <laughs> Here we go. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> before, I, I, I'm after these guys. Before I let anybody talk, we do have to wrap, we do have to wrap this up in about five minutes if we can. I'll answer any questions. Paul, if you do have to go, these spaces kind of get a little raunchy. <laughs> kind of get a little, you know, what I'm saying, kind of get a little, little raunchy every now and then. But I'm gonna pass it to Quan. Quan, how are you? Everyone loves Quan. Feel free to uh, ask any question you have. We were going back and forth on the timeline earlier. You know, it's all love between me and you. What's going on, man? How are you? What's up, Evan? It's a good space, man. And a big shout out to you, Paul. I know that you've been. Uh, I remember following you whenever I was deployed overseas in 2012, and you were running video screens of uh excel spreadsheets bro so you're doing a good job bro. <laughs> keep keep up the work man um i'm curious i'm curious paul though what your thoughts are about it, it you know it seems like there's a number of restricted free agents of all kinds of different calibers uh there's obviously a ton of variables that go into this you know depending on where the spurs actually get what i guess just from a number sheet makes more you know is is there a certain number of these guys that it makes sense well you know you bring back three or four of them whether it's champagne or whether it's a more high price uh guy like trey jones i've heard that romeo langford got a pretty high 
um, qualifying offers that he would have to be extended that might lock up some cap space. Poor dude's been injured. I'm just curious if you have any personal opinions or thoughts on the number of guys that would make sense maybe for the Spurs to bring back. I'm not going to be typical Quan today. I'm just going to be business, but good job, Evan, and thanks, Paul, Paul for taking the question. Yeah, no, I think there, there's a number. That's the thing. Is like, it's like they want to, it looks like they want to bring one of these guys back, but they're, they're really limited on roster space. So, so you got, you know, you got, I, I think Trey Jones is, is a safe bet where they're going to at least try to, try to bring him back. Um, Mamu had a really good end to the season. And again, his contract shouldn't be more than just a little bit more than the minimum. Uh, luckily, Barlow and Champagne can probably be brought back on two way deals. I, I do think that they would probably move on from, from, from Romeo Langford because, like you said, he has a high qualifying offer of 7.8 million. And that's just the qualifying offer on the cap sheet. It comes out of 16.9 million. Uh, until he, until he, he, he decides what decision he's going to make. So I think that, yeah, there's a good chance they could bring some of those guys back. But, but like, uh, like you said, uh, there's just, there are limit, they are limited on roster space. And so we don't know exactly what, what route they're going to, to go with. Uh, I did want to know something I, I forgot to say, Evan, earlier was that this is a year where they can't be like they did this current year, where they're like $22.1 million below the, the minimum the team salary. They actually have to reach that because uh, even though they're they're not going to get the full, um, I mean, they're going to get still some money for, 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 for not meeting it. Uh, there is some some, uh, some penalties. So basically what the new CBA says is that the team, uh, if, if you're below the minimum salary score by the end of next season, uh, um, you're only going to get a 50% tax distribution. So so unlike last season where we saw the first kind of sit on that cap space, there is more incentive for them to, um, there's money at stake here that they need to actually spend that cap space, whether it's resigning players, going out and finding free agents, making trades. So I think we are going to see a little bit more of an aggressive front office in this coming season. You heard it here first. Spurs are gonna get it. Spurs are gonna be aggressive. Uh, first of all, let me say, Evan. Guess what? You'll be a trash GM if you're talking about bringing back all these people. They no, 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 no. That is trash. Um, Paul. So believe it or not, Spurs. I got a question, uh, Paul. So the Spurs have to spend money this year, correct? Yes. They have to get to twenty point six million uh, this year out of that one thirty four salary by the end of the year. Paul, if they don't hit the floor, does that revenue get distributed back to the players? I feel like uh, that happened with Oklahoma City last year. Is that is that a threshold they have to hit, or else that money kind of gets divvied up? Or what happens if they don't hit that floor? So in the previous CBA, uh, like the one that the Spurs are currently going into, again, if they don't, if they don't make a trade with that current $22.1 million in cap for this current season, 22-23, yes, I believe that it's going to get distributed amongst the players on the team. Uh, next year, though, they did make a change where, the, where if you don't need it, they're going to distribute it league-wide. Uh, it says, uh, let me read exactly what it says. It says, the team will be required to pay the difference to the NBA with the amount distributed to all players in the NBA. So, yeah, it is going to change next year once uh, that new CBA kicks in. Hey, Paul. Um, it's Brandon talking. I have a question um, about the salary cap and how, it, how it's um, connected with the lottery. I'll, well, hopefully, that's getting a good pick. But um, hypothetically speaking, if we do get uh, the number one overall pick or number two overall pick, how do you think the difference in which we spend money will be if we get a Wimbin Yamo versus if we get a Scoot Henderson? That's a great question. That's one that, that I've kind of been thinking about. I think that the front office has maybe two different philosophies. Oh, if you get Wemby, I think that, you know, do they try to this offseason try to find players that are going to fit with him in his timeline, you know, to start competing, not, not maybe not next year, but the next you know two to three years? Do they try to find free agents like shooters, players to space around him, or uh, if, 
they get a lower pick, you know, two through whatever range, two through seven, then are, are they just kind of say, okay, let's just use this as another rebounding year where maybe they're not as aggressive and more so using their their, their cap space to taking contracts uh, like we saw this past year with for, for draft assets. So I think you're right where there is a, definitely a different mindset with getting Wemby compared to the other uh, rookies that are going to be coming in. Thanks for taking my question. Mm -hmm. And the salary that Scoot has is what? It's around nine or ten. Uh, let me pull it. Uh, so Scoot would be at number two. He would be at ten point seven million. So about yeah. So about one point two million less than Wendy. Uh, he'll be all right. Only has a promo deal. Money's money's just fine. He's good. When it comes down to <laughs> when when it comes down to the Spurs and their trade options and who they would bring in, obviously you know. With or without Pop still here, uh, who knows if he's going to be back another year? He has to be signed another contract. There's so many, so many uh, players, prospects that you say, hmm, doesn't really fit the Spurs player. Uh, could fit, but probably is going to get bought. Um, there's not a lot of options in terms of guys off the top of my head, people that I've written off, talked, uh, written about, talked for for months, and months um, that aren't just a, repeat, a repeated. Uh, spin cycle is the same, the same thing. Um, so what does what does Anderson say? We will wait and see. Um, Literally, <laughs> the lottery is in a few weeks. When it comes to uh, when it comes down to trading, I do feel that the Spurs will move into the uh, first round with one or two, two second. Uh, and, uh, and, I guess. Let me oh, ask you this question. Third. Yeah. Third. <laughs> you say you want to get rid of Terry. Yeah. Who do you want to take a spot? Uh, Sohan, the small forward, someone that can actually guard star wing. Someone that actually is six eight. Co-sign that tweet. Yeah. Uh, when it comes down to Kelvin, you know, Devin Vassell isn't uh, a plus one team defender, plus one on-ball defender. He's not necessarily a cone, but you can't have a, 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 a negative defender and uh, Kelvin Johnson next to him on your wing. Uh, Trey Jones, okay, solid. We talked about that earlier. Uh, Blake Wesley will need some uh, improvements. So the X factor is Kelvin Johnson because every single every single team either either target him or Dun McDermott when they're on the lineup. And you can you know say just run a pick and roll, switch everything, blah blah blah. It's not gonna work. He's not six eight and he's not <laughs> he's not terrible like that. So it, that twenty million dollars is a little stiff for me. Um, I don't want to trade for Duncan Robinson. I do not want to trade for Tim Hardaway Jr. I do not want to trade for someone that gets bought out. I don't know who they're going to trade for. It'll probably be a signing trade, in all honesty. And I don't know what that's going to look like. But my gut feeling, uh, before I was, uh, uh, real quick, my gut feeling is really saying that the Spurs are going to trade up to the first round if they were going to get Wimby or if they get Scoot. Because they need to grab one of those star-level rim protection centers, not Derek Lively. Derek Lively's uh, freaking projected, projectile has just shot up. He's going to go maybe top 17. 16. He was a second round guy a couple weeks ago, three weeks, four weeks ago. It's insane. So Derek Riley's not on, not on the board. Okay. There's guys like James Naja, who's probably going to be the fringe end of the first round. Uh, Deron Holmes. He, we don't know what he's going to do. We don't know what that man is going to do. He's not going back to Dayton. I'll tell you that. Uh, Adam Bona. Adam Bona is kind of a, he didn't get a lot of playing time. He said they put in the season. A lot of people are kind of questioning that of what happened. He was injured, coaching, attitude. We'll see what's up with that, but you need someone alongside with or without Scoot, either a forward, a wing, the Toolsy wings, the Ryan Repairs, the Bilal, the Bilal Kalabalis, uh, the, uh, 
the city Sissokos, Leonard Millers, either one of those guys can fit what the Spurs need. And to various, I'm, it's, it's all love to me. It's so funny people still think they're related. It's hilarious. It's hilarious, man. People hate the, the idea of running every everything back with the Spurs. Running everything back means you're the worst team in the league again. But at the end of the day, overspending on guys, overspending possibly on like a Nas Reed, right? Say you have to trade Zach, uh, not, uh, I would say Zach Levine. Say you, have to, say you have to trade Zach Collins just to move up. The team is picking, 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 picking. And the Spurs give in and you finally get Zach Collins to move up 15, 20 spots in the draft, right? You got you get a guy like Zach Levine. Okay, I'm not, not Zach Levine. You get a guy like Nas Reed. 17, 18 million dollars. Cool. He's hurt after 20, 30 games, or you want to tank because no one's exceeding expectations. No one took that step. Wimby got hurt. Worst case scenario, you overpay and you're stuck with guys. And when you're the Spurs, if you can look at the last four years, don't look at the last GM. Don't look at that before Kawhi. Think about what the GM is doing right now. We've won trades necessarily. We haven't lost trades, but the trades are all the same. It's for Thaddeus Young. And for Thaddeus Young, a scrap. And it's for, it's, for, <laughs> it's for guys that don't want to be in the situation and guys that that aren't fit on anyone's key rotation. That's a bar, okay. Anyways, when you think about it, no one is going to get traded for a while. But all the, all the types of scenarios that we thought of is going to be something that we've never even considered. So, you know, I love everyone in this chat. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. I do have to go now. But we'll be back maybe even up to tomorrow. I got some OKC people I have to talk to. Uh, we're going to talk to them, see what they have planned. And we're going to see what a real rebuild looks like. My space is a little different from Project Spurs. But we're going to see what a real rebuild looks like, Paul. And it's all love between me and you, man. I love everything, every single thing that you do for the for Project Spurs. We are a team without you. Appreciate you for doing all of what you do. Uh, Tavarius, Kwan, Mike, uh, everyone for listening. Brandon, Gabriel, Jamar, I'm trying to name everybody. Rob. Uh, JD, Austin, Grant, Sarah, O, uh, who else? Martha, Bart, Tuff, what's that? Z-Man, I'm not going to say that name because it's inappropriate. Jose, Adam, everybody. You could be with anywhere else in this world. It's dinner time. And you're listening to me and Paul talk about the Spurs. So we'll be back, obviously, tomorrow. Follow everyone on stage. Follow Paul. We'll be back. See you guys. Appreciate you all. All right. Later. Thank you. All right, I want to say thank you again to Evan for inviting me on his Twitter spaces and, and for all the, uh, qu the questions that he sent and, and, the, the, and, the, and the conversation that we will have and go in different directions. And I also want to say thank you to Joe Garcia for mixing and producing this episode by, um, by um, yes, but by, by mixing and producing this episode. So from all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe. Have a great day.